Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this message and we pray that it blesses you. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz. Being a mother or a father can um, take on, you know, many different forms, especially in today. You know, we can have, um, you know, our parents from birth, mothers and fathers. We have step parents. We have grandparents. We have caregivers. We have mentors. We have spiritual mums and dads. And we're going to celebrate all of that this morning and honour all of that. So I'm going to use the term mothers and fathers at times to just mean all of what I've just said. Now, there's so many different moments that we have as parents out there. There's those times that are so much fun and we're just laughing and then there's those times that we're crying and, and all the times in between. There's those times when we're wiping up spew. Um, yes, not so much fun this week. Um, there's times when we're just celebrating our kids and the awesome things that they've been doing. It may look um, like, you know, when you've got, when you're a parent of a little baby, it may look like hardly having um, much sleep at all. And when you've got twins, even less. Uh, One night when there's just a few hours sleep because they both thought it was okay to be awake. You know, there's those moments when you dance and sing to a Wiggles song for the 100th time, even though you can't stand the song, just because you know that it brings joy to your little person. Um, there's the times like at Queen's birthday weekend for us one year when we had to sing a happy birthday to Lightning McQueen because our three-year-old son, who was just crazy about Lightning McQueen, thought that it was his birthday. You know, it might look like getting paint, like your kids getting paint all over the lawn, over their clothes, over their hair because they want to make this incredible caravan out of a box that's been kindly donated by the grandparents. You know, and you let your kids do that. You let them get all messy and fun because you watch them having so much fun being creative. Now, it may be being a mum or dad may look like um, taking a teenager out for a hot drink and just having a chat with them because you care enough to take the time. It may look like, um, you know, giving your child a hug when they've just said something that's really hurt you or when they've mucked up again and, you know, even though you might not like them in that moment, you actually really love them and love always moves towards them. It may be, you know, caring enough to give a a teenager or a a child or a a young parent a note of encouragement just because. Or maybe it's praying for someone else's kids. You know, however it looks, there's no denying the fact that we need mothers and fathers. That's how God designed um, it it all to operate. And, and, you know, that's what he models to us as well. So today we're going to hear some parenting tips. We're going to be inspired. We're going to hear some of what motivates our amazing woman in this church to, to be and to do what they do. So first of all, I'd like to just welcome up Tracy George. Coming up, Tracy. Awesome. Come and have a seat under the spotlights. <laughs> now, Tracy, you have um, a really big heart for women, and most of you will know that um, Tracy heads up our um, ministry, women's ministry, girl time at church here. And Tracy, I know that you're all about um, wanting connection to happen on a deep level between people, between the generations, especially like the great grandparents down to the little ones. And can you just tell us a bit of the why behind this and um, what has led you to this? Um. Just to give you a wee bit of background about me so that you understand where my heart's come from, I need to tell you a bit about my past. So as a teenager, I didn't really get along with my mum at all, not very well. We didn't have much of a relationship, and so obviously we didn't talk 
about anything deep at all. And I also didn't really have any close, close friends. I definitely had lots of friends, but not really anyone who I would have those really deep life stuff chats with, you know. I went to youth group. Um, I was raised in a Christian family, attended church every Sunday, and I didn't break any rules other than fighting with my brothers, really. I was okay as a teen, I guess you could say. I was a pretty good kid. Um, I followed the rules of being a Christian, but the church I went to didn't believe in the workings of the Holy Spirit, so I wasn't spirit-filled. I didn't know who he was. When I was 17, I got a job and left school, and by this stage, I wasn't really enjoying living at home, and so I just couldn't wait to leave. When I was 18, I'd been working for a year, and I left home to go flatting, and I pretty much stopped going to church at the same time. I vividly remember no one contacting me, and um, it felt like there was this radio silence. And um, I read that as judgment for my non-attendance. I had no really meaningful connections within the church and so no one to follow up on me to see how I was going. From there, my journey led me to about 10 years of just cruising along in life, not se- not really settling, but content enough. Um, I met some lovely people and some of those are still my friends today, but deep down I was just a little bit lost feeling too. When I was 28, I started to search for God a lot more earnestly, and I really encountered him in a real way when I started going to a new church. I encountered the Holy Spirit for the first time and began to make some friendships unlike anything I'd ever experienced before. Women. Women who were older than me in years, women who were older than me in spiritual maturity, and who were older than me in life experience. And without knowing it, I began to be discipled and loved. And over time, connections got deeper and deeper. And I distinctly remember thinking, whoa, I've missed out on this for almost 30 years of my life. My pastors played a significant role in nurturing me and discipling me. And over the 10 years that I was at that church, I was privileged and blessed beyond belief by several amazing women in particular who were intentional in investing their time and energies into me, including me in their lives and in their families. They celebrated me. They loved on me, they believed in me, they encouraged me, and we grew together, and our friendships today are some of the most precious, precious ones I have. They're very close to me. During my time of not attending church, I experienced some hard times, as we all do, and didn't have that community around me to carry me through. I got through on my own, um, and during my time in my last church, I experienced some more hard times. But this time, I was carried through by those deep heart-level friendships with those amazing women. I look back and I'm convinced that if I had had even one strong, meaningful connection at my church of upbringing, things might have been different. And that's where my passion for connecting women of all ages and stages comes in. My heart is that every woman of every age knows that they are loved, knows that they belong that they're connected on a deep level with other women within our church family. My passion is that no one, no one would feel alone or unnoticed. And if any one of these beautiful women of our church family wasn't to be here with us, that at least one of us would notice. And that's where my passion for connecting women comes in. Incidentally, as a footnote, um, my mum and I have a great relationship now. 
And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I'm now a mum and have a greater understanding of what it means to be a mum. But also I think it's a lot to do with all that, those, the wise counsel and shaping that comes from spending time with those beautiful women who have helped shape me and mould me into who I am today. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Tracy. Just, I think with that, never underestimate just the value of even messaging somebody. We you know when God puts someone in your heart, messaging them and letting them know that you care, um, making a phone call, hanging out with people. And like Tracy said, that's our heart for this whole church as well, that nobody would feel disconnected, that everybody would know that they are loved and that they have value. And Tracy, I want to thank you for the way that you, you do shine that out and you live that. And you know, I've seen the outworkings of that so much. So thank you for that. And just encourage everybody, you know, as a whole, just let's just do that. Let's be those people who just are continually just looking out, just asking God, is there anybody that I need to just make contact with? Um, you know, follow those promptings. Thank you so much. Thanks for being real too and sharing your journey. It's fantastic. Thank you. Let's give Tracy a hand. Kat, let's welcome Kat up to the front. Okay, Kat. <laughs> Awesome. Now, Kat is an amazing person. For those of you who don't know her, she um, runs our Mini Movers program here at Thrive as well. And Kat, you have a really big heart for others as well, and especially for little people and mums with little people. And um, a number of you will know what an amazing nanny Kat is as well. And um, she's been helping us out with our kids since I think the twins were really little, probably about two. And she actually looked after our twins the first time that Glenn and I went away. And I think that was an experience that she won't forget. So in the early hours of, this, of the morning, um, one of them, or maybe both of them came into here and said, can we watch the Cars movie? And Kat being the amazing person that she is and wanting to keep them happy, just obliged and got up and sat on the sofa with them and tucked them in and <laughs> proceeded to watch Cars. And, you know, even though she'd only had a few hours sleep that night, she was still willing to come back and um, look after her kids again. Now, Kat, you are such a blessing to us and to so many people here. Um, so thank you. And just over a year ago, you became a mummy for the first time. Um, and so this morning, can you just share a little bit with us, maybe a wee nugget of advice that you would have for um, us as parents, and also for spiritual mums and dads, just um, what could be encouraging for a new mum or dad? Or, yeah. Um, uh, what I want to share on this morning is the saying, um, you can't pour from an empty cup. It was a saying I hadn't heard before becoming a mother. I'm not unfamiliar with the concept. Um, in pastoral and leadership context, you're taught that you need to maintain healthy boundaries and ensure that you're looking after yourself as well. That's advice I've given others. Um, but how that translated into parenthood was not something that I understood. I have an amazing, supportive husband, and I had friends that would pop over regularly when Austin was a newborn. But of course, Matt had to go back to work, so we spent a lot of time by ourselves. Once my two Emma friends came over and clean, one cleaned the whole house and the other um, snuggled Austin until he fell asleep. It was wonderful. But I still found myself so emotionally depleted. I had support, but I didn't know what to do with it. I don't have a hobby, but I'm quite extroverted, so spending time socially with friends is a great way for me to fill my tank. I've never had an appreciation for alone time. It's just not a priority for me. I love actively worshiping the Lord, and my primary God languages are activist and enthusiast. But without those things actively in my life, I found it hard to stay well connected to God. So I was getting by and finding a rhythm 
just with nothing to spare. My cup didn't have anything in it. When Austin was 12 weeks old, my brother died unexpectedly in a car accident. Needless to say, I was devastated. I had nothing in my tank to come and go on. Cue the hardest stage of my life. Of course, loss is horrible for anyone, and grief affects everyone in different ways. But it was like I didn't even have space for grief. My cup was empty, and it was all I could do to keep taking care of Austin and somewhat take care of myself. I would never tell someone to look after themselves because you never know what tragedy is around the corner, and I don't believe we should be preparing ourselves from awful things out of a place of fear. But I do wish I had known the value of keeping just a little something in my cup. That's been a journey I've been on over the last year, finding out how to pour into my cup and not just out of it. For anyone that identifies with that concept of the empty cup, I urge you to find a way to pour back in. For me, initially, that was having time with a counselor to talk through what was going on in my life on a regular basis. I didn't need intense therapy or for someone to fix my broken mind. I just needed to have someone who cared but wasn't involved to hear me. I needed someone that I could need that didn't need me. Um, hopefully you have a hobby or something that you already know that brings you fulfillment, brings you joy, that you could spend even just half an hour a week doing um, to recharge. Make it a priority in your family schedule. Your family deserves it and you're worth it. For me now, that's taking advantage of little opportunities to go for a walk because it's something I know I'll enjoy. It's getting my family to the pool for a swim because it's something I know will have fun and will build me up. Um, something I'd love for spiritual mothers and fathers to know from, from my own experience is that words of encouragement go so far. Words of affirmation is not my top love language, but it's incredible how encouragement from someone you look up to can impact your day. I remember messaging Chris and Ruth over in Australia, and the words of encouragement just came flow, flowing. They were telling me they knew that I was being a great mom, that I was doing a great job, even though I didn't feel that way. That message turned my day around. I could believe in myself a little bit more. Another time chatting with Ruth, she encouraged me to lean on God when I was struggling to know what to do for Austin and to allow, ask and allow him to give me and Austin peace. Even just a reminder that from someone that had been there that God was holding us both and that he was still good in this season was so uplifting. Having an honest conversation with Debbie about how it's harder than you can expect it to be and no one can prepare you for that. It's just something you have to experience. Um, hearing that I wasn't alone in the challenge and that it's okay to find it tricky made me feel a lot better and realize that actually I could get through it. Thank you so much, Kate. Um, thank you for being so real with what you shared as well. And um, I just want to pick up on that point of, um, you know, oftentimes that's one of the tactics that the enemy likes to use is to make us feel like we're the only one, like we're alone and that what we're feeling isn't normal. So, you know, just really important. Have those people that you can be real with. Um, and I know that especially like as a new mum, it can be really hard to kind of reach out and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. But know that there are people in this church, you know, that, yeah, and that are just willing to just talk. Um, um, and I think just what you talked about at the end there, those words of encouragement, I know for myself that that has meant so much when somebody would just say, hey, you're a great mum or you're doing such a good job. So for anyone that's, especially from someone that's a bit older, so I just want to put that out to you guys that, you know, if you've got grown up kids, um, just, you know, maybe that's just something little that you can be doing. Just 
talking to the other mums and just letting them know they're doing a great job. That is one of the most powerful things um, that we can hear. And, you know, when you have been working and you're kind of continually often getting the thank yous and the encouragement and then you stop working, you're looking after a little person who can't say thank you, then, um, you know, you just need to hear that from somebody else. So thank you so much, Kat. Really appreciate your honesty um, with that. You're awesome. Thank you. Let's give Kat a hand. I'd just like to um, welcome up Debbie Lambert up to the front, who I can't quite see. Oh, there she is. Come on up. So a lot of you will know Debbie. She is an amazing person at this church. You'll probably see her behind Info Desk, or if you haven't seen her at church, you might have met her at the library. You are an amazing lady, Debbie, and you are such an encourager to Glenn and myself, and we really appreciate that. And um, like I said in the last service, just kind of continually hear stories of what Debbie's um, doing as far as encouraging other people. And, um, you know, whether it's a a text or a a message or a note or whatever, um, you have such a big nurturing heart and a really big capacity to care for other people. Thank you for that. Now, um, this morning, I just wonder if you could just share a little bit for us the why behind what you do, what you do, kind of what's led you to this. Um, I think mostly that it is because of my mum and dad um, passing their legacy on to me. I always saw my mum helping people um, who were going through tough times and everyone seemed to be encouraged afterwards. Um, my dad had an incredible gift of Bible knowledge and encouragement. He has always had just the right word for me or others around him, and he always fitted it into scripture. Um, Growing up in a home where I saw this all the time just seems natural to me, as natural as breathing. Um, I love encouraging people and seeing people believe that they have an awesome destiny, and I love that God continues to refine and shape this gift in me. He continues to show me different ways to encourage others as well. It is such a blessing to me to see someone's eyes light up when they know how special they are to God and those around them. We were born for greatness, and sometimes life throws us curveballs. But if we look to God, he will strengthen us and show us that we are overcomers and we have everything we need to be victorious and live out our God-given destiny. I used to be fearful of encouraging people because... Um, who was I to speak into someone's life but God has shown me that it's not about me it's about lifting others out of their circumstances and helping them to look to Jesus which makes it so much easier to give people encouragement Awesome. Um, I just think that point that you made at the end there about, you know, often we can look at ourselves and our own um, insufficiencies and just think, well I could never you know, and once we, when we start looking like that, then we do, you know, we're looking inwards and we do feel really bad about ourselves. But if we look, okay, what does God want to do for another person? What's his heart for another person? Then that takes it off us and then we can just see amazing things happen. And I just love the way that Debbie um, uses scripture a lot as well. She just has amazing verses that, um, you know, she'll be asking God, what's the right verse for this person? And that is just so incredibly powerful. The word of God is living and active and it just, I don't know, accomplishes so much. And I know for my Myself, just like there's been times when I've just been, okay, God, this is really hard. I just need an encouragement. And it's amazing how at those times, you know, there'll be somebody somewhere else who God um, just puts 
you know, in that moment, he might have put me in their heart, and then they will just send me this little encouraging text or a verse or whatever, and that is just so powerful. So don't underestimate those nudgings from the Holy Spirit. Act on them when you get them. Um, it's just awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the amazing way that you care for people in this church and the truth um, of the Word of God that you bring as well, the encouragement. Um, yeah, keep it up. You're awesome. Thank you. Let's give Debbie a hand. And just love to welcome up Karen Rennie to the front now. Karen's our last person to share for this morning. Now, Karen um, is an amazing lady. If you don't know her or haven't had kind of a good conversation with her, then I just really encourage you to take the time to just sit down and have a chat with her and hear her heart. She's amazing. And I've really enjoyed um, talking with you, especially more over the last month or so, about the heart that um, she carries for children. Um, So Karen is a mum of four kids herself, um, two grown-up ones and two younger ones, Um, and she runs our Sparks um, program here at church for three to five-year-olds. She's also a really active um, part of Ring Your New Life School and is on the board of trustees. And Karen, can you just tell us this morning why you do what you do, Um, you know, why you have such a heart for so many kids? Awesome, thank you. It's really been a journey um, that I've been on in all the time that I've been saved. It, it probably started when I was little and that whenever anyone asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up, I always said I wanted to be a mum and have ten kids. And most people did much what you just did. <laughs> and um, and saying and ten kids for me wasn't a reality, but um, the way my life worked out. But then when I became a Christian... And I heard people, and I read the scripture in Psalm 34, verse 4, that said, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. And that desire for a big family never left. So I asked the Lord, how how do I make this reality? And he showed me from Isaiah 54, verse 1, um, about uh, more are the children of a desolate woman than one who has a husband. And I understood what he meant and that you can get involved with children and they don't have to be yours, but you can still have an impact in their life for good. And uh, I, I love calling the gold out in people because I have a prophetic gift on my life. So if I'm speaking as God's mouthpiece, I want to make sure I speak well and I speak positive things. Um, so, and, and the change that it brings about in a child's life when you say something positive about them. And um, I saw it with education. Our eldest son, he's a very, very clever, absolute brilliant mathematician. But because I'd gone through a, we'd gone through a messy divorce when he was five, he didn't do very well at school. And it was all about the time I got saved. So I, the Burwood New Life Church ran a little bus out to the, New Life School out in Rangiora and I saw it and went out and visited it and I thought oh I want my kids out here so back then it was a fully private school so I worked three jobs to pay for it (laughs) but God blessed me in that I always had work or we had students and the school fees were never an issue and David went from this child that everybody thought had these learning disabilities to doing two years above his age in maths and he has always been top of his class in maths Um, he did a bachelor of commerce degree um, when he left school and out of 200 students he was the third from the top 
so you know he he just he has he's very clever and um and I just saw the difference that a school environment with God as the head of it made, and I thought I'd like this for every child. I don't want this to just be for a few that can go um but for every child, and, and I thought, Lord, why can't we do this? And then I heard the saying, um, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail and you had every resource available to you? And I said, Lord, I want to change education. And how do I start? And he said, well, go on the one when Abby and Jesse were um, at the New Life School, he said, go on the Board of Trustees. So when the elections came up, I did. And I was the real bump on the log because most people on the board either had a history of education or they're the school leaders and I'm there trying to figure out what NAGs and NEGs are and, and all the acronyms that they use and and, um, and um, being responsible for vision and charter and guidelines and, and uh, Lord, are you really sure about this? And But then I'd say something and, and everyone would go very quiet and then someone would say, oh, yeah, the Lord gave me that scripture this morning. And, or, oh, yeah, that's what I've been thinking would be good too. So I started to see how the Lord was there with me. So, um, yeah, so I really have a vision for changing education, for bringing the way the Lord wants education to be, to be something that's reality in every school. And uh, I don't know how it's all going to pan out, <laughs> but uh, it's a journey, and I'm really enjoying the journey. And, and Sparks too, it's great. All your children are just so awesome. They're just so much fun out there, and to see the change when you say something positive to them, and they just it just makes them just come alive. Thank you so much, and thank you for what you do um, out there as well. And um, Karen's heart is, you know, she's talking about changing education, but she's very much also about every individual child, and um, she has such a big heart for. Um, each child being treated as an individual as well for them for the uniqueness being discovered for the giftings that have been put within them um, being realized and then being able to express those um, and like you talked about pulling out the gold in people you know you do that in conjunction with the Holy Spirit asking him what he's saying and um, you know I've heard stories too of just the like the impact that Karen's making just on the individual kids um, down at New Life School as well, just, you know, and just in those moments and those little things. And, you know, I think you said you wanted to be a mum of 10, but I don't know how many kids are at New Life, but I think you're probably a mum of hundreds um, down there. So that is amazing. And I just think, like you said, it's amazing when you put your life in God's hands, then when you delight yourself in him, him giving you the desires of your heart, but way beyond how you would have ever imagined it to be. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thank you so much. Let's give Karen a great big hand. Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Karen. Awesome. Now, we've heard a lot of nuggets this morning, um, and I'm sure we've all got something to take away from it, but I just want to share one more little treasure with you guys, Um, one that we can apply as parents and grandparents, mentors. Um, but also just in our relationship, just with everybody um, in our life. And, and first and more important than all of that is in our relationship with God. And that is connection, heart-to-heart connection. Um, now, for all of us to be able to say that the, the greatest goal in my relationships is building and protecting connection. Now that, wouldn't that be an amazing thing if that's what we could all say? Make this our goal. The greatest goal in my relationships needs to be building and maintaining, protecting connection. 
you know, before everything else, before having the best advice, before having respect and obedience, before finding a solution for a problem that somebody might be faced with, we need connection. It's the most important thing. Um, Now, shame and fear, they're the greatest barrier to having that connection happen. And at times we might react to what our kids say, and usually it's a reaction out of fear or... um, this fear can make us want to pull back, whether it's like actually externally or whether it's just internally. And gosh, oftentimes our kids can want to pull back from us when um, you know we react sometimes too. And we will get it wrong, you know. Often, in fact, let's have grace on ourselves. You know, I will frequently tell my kids, "I'm sorry, I shouldn't have reacted like that. I should have been more patient." Um, and that's okay. But let's not let fear rule in our relationships. Let's let love and connection rule. I just want to, um, we'll put a quote up here. This is from Danny Silk out of his Keep Your Love On book. If you want to cast out all the fear in your relationships, then you need to leave no room for doubt in people's minds and hearts that you truly love them. Well, what would this church look like? What would our families look like? What would this region look like if we were leaving no doubt in people's hearts and minds that we truly love them? Let's pause on that for a minute. You know, we want to be able to say, like Jesus said, that he who has seen me has seen the Father. And it's a pretty big call, but as disciples of Jesus, we're called to do what he did, called to be like him. And, you know, and the things we say and do, and we definitely need his grace for this. But before we can say, he who has seen me has seen the Father, then we need to have an attitude that communicates this. And this is also on PowerPoint, so you can see it too. I will not allow anything to be more important to me in my connection to you. It's like if we can say this to our kids and to other people. Your obedience, your respect level, and your success at yours will never be more important to me than my connection to you. There is nothing that I will allow to sever our connection on my side. And I will work to let you experience the truth of that promise so that I can help cast out the anxiety in your life. Well, isn't that a challenge? But man, if we can get a hold of this, what a life-changing truth is in this and what life-impacting results we will see. If we can allow nothing to sever that connection, nothing to come before that. Now, God is the best example of love, isn't he? He is love itself. And he's the greatest example of a loving mother or father. You know, back in Genesis, um, it said that God created man and woman in his image and his likeness. You know, he has characters both of a mother and a father. He has that um, characteristic of encouraging us and calling us out and up into being all that we can be. But he also nurtures us and cares for us and comforts us and teaches us. Now, when we as earthly mothers and fathers will get it wrong, God will not. He is faithful. The only way we can learn to love this way and to always make connection our goal is first to know that connection with God. Having that connection with us is always his number one priority. Just think about that for a minute. That is God's priority in this planet is connection with us. Now, even when we may pull back from that connection with God or when we're not feeling it, that doesn't change the fact that it is. You know, there's nothing that we could ever do or not do that will separate us from God. And in Romans 8, it said, nothing can ever separate us from his love. Never, ever. Now, in fact, the Bible is one big book all about Father God pursuing connection with mankind. He used many different ways and many different people, and it culminated in him sending Jesus to this planet, 
as his one and only son, um, sending him to die for us. And Jesus showed us how to do this and made it possible for us to live in this place of connection. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Now, we weren't even aware of our need of him. Um, you know, we didn't, didn't know that, let alone the fact that we'd mucked up. But he loved us so much that he gave his life for us. That is the ultimate and unconditional love. Now, today, I believe he's saying this to each one of us. So just take a moment, pause on this. This is what God's got for us this morning. He says, I will not allow anything to be more important than my connection to you. There is nothing that will sever our connection on my side. And I will work to let you experience the truth of that promise so that I can totally cast out all the anxiety in your life. Now, what better way to live than living in that place of connection um, to God and each other? So just, let's just make that our goal as parents and our relationships with others to live from that place of connection and to live in that place with God as well. So today as mothers and fathers, um, whatever that means for you, let's just go out of here with his help. Let's go out of here being real, um, you know, letting other people into our world, encouraging us. Let's really value those he's put around us, all the generations. Um, let's go out making sure we are looking after ourselves and keeping ourselves filled up as well. Um, let's aim to be the best encouragers that we could be of each other. Um, and let's make connection the goal of every single relationship that we have and definitely of our relationship with God. Now, just as the band comes up, we're just going to sing one more song. And after we've done that, um, if anyone would like prayer for anything, then please come up. But um, so just specifically, if you don't know what it is to live from that place of connection with God, if you've never known it or maybe you don't know it like you want to know it, then just invite you um, after we've sung just to come up and we'd love to pray for you. Um, and stand with you. And just as we finish, Glenn's just going to come and pray a prayer of blessing over us. Thank you, Glenn. Let's just stand. That was uh, an awesome service too, wasn't it? Just We just had some amazing uh, mums, women. Debbie, you led that so awesomely. Um, yeah. Come on. It was. Um, when I, and I love what has just been kind of uncovered in Karen's heart as well for New Life School. Um, and we as a church, um, we love that school and, and we were sent from that church and um, have a real connection to it. Lynn was a teacher there, Debbie was a student there when Abby uh, has just uh, enrolled there uh, this year. And when Debbie and I were there last year, we walked out and I just felt like that God said to me that we have an assignment at this place. That isn't we have an agenda at all, but we have an assignment of love. Um, and there's so many parents who are involved uh, down there, children from Thrive there, and it's so exciting for what God's doing in that school. I'm just going to finish with a prayer uh, for our mums and women who are just in the different spheres, whether you're in education or you're at home or wherever it is, God has got uh, an assignment, a blessing, a promise, and a future for you. So let's just put our hands on our hearts and Pray for, pray for our mums today. Lord, we just thank you for the women of Thrive, Lord. We just honour each and every one of them right now, God. 
Lord, whether they're just starting out as mums, Lord, whether they're in education, whether they're in the marketplace, Lord, whatever they're doing, Lord, uh, we just give you praise and honour that you have an assignment for their lives today, God. Lord, we just bless them, Lord, with confidence, Lord, that they would be, uh, that mums have thrived, Lord, be ones who know your perfect love, that casts out fear, Lord, and brings a, a grace to achieve everything that you've called them to. Just bless them this week with strength, God. And I just pray and declare your blessing over every family, over every member of this church in your awesome name. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit thrivechurch.co.nz.